0: Welcome to a podcast from Hope Church Glasgow. For more about us, check out hopechurchglasgow.org. A long, long time ago, before there even was a galaxy far, far away, <laughs> and uh, if you've got your Bibles, I want you to turn with me to Ephesians one. I'm just going to read verse three onwards. Uh, I'm using the ESV because it's what I've got downloaded on my tablet. I would prefer not to in this case, but that's a technical issue which we won't bother with now. So, uh, and if you, I've got multiple. I'll go with what I've got. And if you're if you're watching this online or listening to this online, then I'll read it out for you as well, so we can all be roughly on the same page. So, uh, Ephesians one. I'll cut out the introduction. Uh, Paul has in the first few verses in verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms. Now for probably many years as a Christian I would read this first few verses and if I'm really honest I'd start to glaze over about now. Anybody else have that experience? Because it's kind of full of words it's full of words, it's a long sentence and it's sort of big ideas. But I kind of wrestled with teaching this and I've just felt reminded by God that this was written to normal or, you know, normal Christians. It wasn't a letter to theologians or leaders. It was written to people in churches sitting there, reading it or listening to it. Maybe not on a Sunday afternoon, but whenever they gathered, this would be it. So there's an expectation that by the Spirit, using your intelligence... This will mean something profound to you as it did to them okay so we're not going to skirt around it just because it's full of like big words or whatever or big ideas really big big ideas is what it's full of so let's be the god and father our lord jesus christ has blessed us in christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and blameless before him in loving predestinedness for adoption to himself and things on the earth. I'm just going to try and break it down for us into pieces that are meaningful. And really, I'm I'm going to preach the gospel to you, not so that you can get saved, although if you need to, let's do that today. But it's more about us enjoying the reality of God's pursuit of us. So sometimes we think that us pursuing his presence was our idea, but actually his pursuit of us to include us in his presence was his idea from before there was a beginning. Yeah. Alright, so him pursuing us to have us in his presence was always the plan before there was a beginning that we could ever conceive of. Before there was a galaxy far, far away, there was Father, Son, and Holy Spirit having an awesome time thinking about what to do with their awesomeness. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> And what we get in just these few short verses, if we can see it, is the whole story arc of existence. So if you want to know what's life about, what's what's the goal of it all, where did it all come from, it's all here. And it basically says that before creation existed, God had the idea of having lots of kids that looked like him in a physical way. And he decided that he wanted them, he dreamed about them, he loved them, and then he figured that he needed a universe to put them in. And then he figured that once he put them in that, he wanted to get them in Jesus. He wanted to adopt them back into Trinitarian life in Jesus, so that at the end of it all, in verse 10, everything would be summated in Jesus. So you've got the Father... Thinking as a father, basically, he's trying to promote Jesus to be the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the head over all things, the creator, sustainer of all things, to be the biggest name, the biggest shout in all of existence. That's the goal of the Father, and to include us in Jesus in that arc of a story. Mm. And the goal of including us in Jesus is to include us in the party that is Father, Son, Holy Spirit. That is going on before anything else happens that's that's the that's a quick summary of what he's saying in terms of the whole arc of what's going on here in the storyline and and he says that he's blessed us now in heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing And, and again sometimes we can go oh yeah And move on but it's making a statement about now not the future it's making a statement about who we are and where we are currently the current truth of our existence is that we as as we looked at last week it says in chapter 2 we are seated with him in heavenly places and that place is a place where we are surrounded by his blessings on tap So it's not like the blessings are through some dark tunnel, some great journey of of kind of, uh, yeah, pilgrimage through deep and dark dangers to achieve them. They're ours, but we've got to crawl through holes and climb over mountains. No, we're seated in them. As our present reality, the only thing, it doesn't say in the text here, but the only thing, just a word of explanation, that separates us in our experience from the reality is what's going on in our brains about this and that's the point of of Paul writing this and people teaching it is to shift our perception so that we see what God has already done. So this isn't a, this isn't a sort of a flowery thing that may happen sometime, this isn't a concept that we just take by faith, this is really real and as our minds adjust to what's really real we enjoy the really realness of it because it's not fake and it's not far off, it's present and real. So we're seated in this place, in this union with God in heaven, and he's chosen us, it says, to bring us into face-to-face before him blamelessly, is is what it says, or, or, or before him in love, blamelessly, And literally what that means is he's chosen to bring us face to face, so it's an intimate word. Whereas in English, you're like, Mark's with me now, but he's two meters away. You know, you're you're all with me. But some of you are a long way away. This word means this. So, he's actually chosen to bring us into the same face to face union, Father to us, as Jesus has with the Father. So before anything existed, the plan was to bring us into that place of incredible, incredible intimacy of face-to-face union, us and billions of others. And this was, as I said, purpose before physical creation, before we even existed, you and each individual existed in the heart and mind of God. Who you were Your personality You just didn't exist yet In a physical sense How about that So you were You were God's love dream Before you were ever A twinkle in a parent's eye They were the They were the means of you Arriving on the planet But he was the Conceiver of you As a person Long before Physical existence existed. And not only did he think of you, he thought of you in love. He didn't think, well I need a few billion people around here, you're one, you're number one billion, three hundred billion, you're number, no, he knew you and because he's God and so immense and incredible, he he created you in love in his heart and mind, not as someone to make up the numbers. And why? Why do this, God? Why? Why go through the hassle of having us? I and mean, then, when you read the Old Testament, you think, "My goodness!" And you look at the world around us now. Oh, God! You could have saved yourself a whole heap of trouble if you hadn't bothered. <laughs> so, why? Why did it? it says? And this is why I'm not a fan of the ESV here. He said because it was out of the pleasure of His will. It wasn't just a divine purpose. Well, I'm God. I'm love, so I'm supposed to have people that I'm then going to forgive and we're going to have a happy time whether they like it or not. And I'm going to do whether I like it or not because that's what I'm supposed to do. God doesn't follow any rules. There's not like a book that he's reading on how to be God. Well, I've got to make people and I've got to save them. (laughs) Otherwise he wouldn't be God. No, what's coming, what's happening in 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 him conceiving of us is is there's this creative explosion out of the passion and love that exists inside of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The pleasure of his will means he's having fun thinking of the idea. Hmm. The pleasure of his will means that he's having fun there he thinks therefore he thinks he should share the fun. The pleasure of his will is that God is love, agape. So if God was truly just singular, i.e. there just was one personality God, agape wouldn't exist. Because the point of love is its other centre. So what's happening in Father, Son and Holy Spirit is the Father loves the Son. The Son loves the Father, the Spirit loves the Son. And you see that in Scripture, you see, their desire is to honour and reveal one another. And without taking time, you can see that, particularly in the book of John, the Holy Spirit's passion is to show us Jesus. The passion of Jesus is to show us the Father. The passion of the Father is to exalt Jesus. And this is going on before anything exists. This pleasure and delight in each other is all happening. And it's so revved up, it explodes out of love, into creating more beings who could enjoy this love. So, a long time ago in a galaxy that didn't exist far, far away, (laughs) there was a party of Father, Son, Holy Spirit and a whole load of mutual love and excitement and they're like, we've got to share this. We've got to have a bigger family. And they start to dream up us. that's why. It was sheer delight, sheer pleasure, sheer love. And if it hadn't been that, I think he would have given up by now. And somehow in this great idea, they decided, or the father decided that he was going to, all these people that he made, he was going to adopt them in, in Christ. So the plan was that Although it was going to make all these physical beings, even before creation and before the fall, it decided that Jesus was going to embrace all these physical beings and adopt them into this Trinitarian dance, fun party, love fest that was Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Okay? That was always the plan. It was not a new plan. It's not a, oops, something bad happened with Adam. That was always the plan, was that we as individuals would be caught up, adopted, gathered up in Jesus and presented into this family trinity to make it bigger and make the party even more fun. So in order to do this, God creates a universe, creates party planet Earth, creates a place called Eden, sticks Adam and Eve in Eden and gives them, what's incredible is, not only does he make them in his image, but he gives them responsibility for the whole shooting match. And, because he's made them in his image, he gives them the ability to make choices. And what choices they make affect everything he's given them responsibility for. This is the Father who's you're crickets. And and we know the story, most of us know the story that they made a choice which basically took the whole thing into something we call the fall. So they didn't didn't obey God, they listened to the serpent, they listened to the devil whispering some lies. And actually, the problem really wasn't that they took the apple, the problem was they believed the lies. Taking the apple or the fruit was the result of believing the lie. It was an action based on a new... A new, well a new unbelief that got sown into them and basically the serpent is saying God's holding out on you he's not telling you the whole story he's he's not really telling you the truth and suddenly from a place of walking in the cool of the day and enjoying the presence of the father anxiety comes into the soul of Adam and Eve that God might be a liar and that there may be something better on offer than what God's already given them and that he's not telling them the truth about their identity and so they think, oh, well, what, what the heck, if he's not playing fair with us, we're gonna give a go of this fruit thing because he, he said it was dangerous, but it might not be true. So they swallowed a lie about the nature of the father and swallowing that lie introduced a high level of anxiety. So imagine, imagine you have little kids and suddenly they start to think that there's a scary monster in the wardrobe. You know, for a peaceful night's sleep, you suddenly get Anxious nightmares—that's what started to happen on the inside of Adam and Eve because this lie dropped into their soul. So they lost assurance; they thought God was fickle because of the lie they accepted. The reality is, God's still the same. It's just changed—he's changed on the inside of them, their concept of Him. So. What happens now? Well, Jesus is like, I'm still up for including them in. They've made a mess, but I'm still up for adopting them. Send me Father. So Jesus comes and he comes into the mess, he comes into the lies, he comes into all the anxiety and he refuses to be anxious. He comes and he lives out the true nature of the heart of the Father in all the craziness that's got created by these people that believed the lie. And it is very, very crazy. And he submits to their craziness. And basically God goes, here I am in my fullness. Do with me what you think you want to do. And what we do with him is we betray him, torture him, and murder him. And as he's there, being murdered for things he never did, He says, Father forgive them, they don't know what they're doing. And they don't know what they're doing because they haven't known what they're doing properly ever since they believed the whispering lies of the serpent in the garden. Father forgive them, they don't know what they're doing. So he acknowledges the bonkersness of what's going on and says, God forgive them anyway. The very cross on which he was crucified is the altar on which we're justified. The very cross where he, he died is where we're forgiven, is where we're united with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, where we're received and where we're cleansed. In the place where he's rejected by humanity, he puts his arms around humanity and includes us into the plan he always had. Wow. I love this bit. We are united with the one we rejected in the place we rejected He endured suffering, endured all the lies, he overcame all the obstacles because he was expressing this undaunted, unquenchable love and passion to have the people that he made be joined to him face to face in his presence. In all the blessing and glory That is him And nothing was going to stop that Nothing could stop that And he was willing to endure This betrayal, this torture, this death And just keep pressing through Until he had us Even though we really didn't realise What he was doing Or why he didn't want us The fruit of that Is meant to be As we believe it And realize it, which is repentance, is that we become re-baptized, re-immersed in that incredible assurance that we are loved, accepted and wanted by Father, Son and Holy Spirit. From the inside out we know without a shadow of a doubt that we have been wanted from before the foundation of the world. as who we are and how he made us. That God is good and God is safe and he's got all, both of his arms around us and will never let us go. Because he's crossed all worlds, all barriers, all all sins, all problems, all holes, all mountains to come and grab us where we are in, in our midst and embrace us into his holy presence in our midst. And as that dawns on us, that assurance that Adam and Eve lost, we regain from the inside out. Becomes a certainty inside us, we get freshly kind of baptised in that sense that we are accepted. We start to know and feel the deep eternal constant and unwavering acceptance of God but nothing can change his mind about us, because nothing has. So nothing ever will. Nothing can change how he feels about you, because nothing ever has from before the worlds began. Nothing can change how he feels about you. He loves you, he's passionate about you, he made you, he delights in you, and that started before there was a place to put you. Everything he is and everything he has, has now been made available to us as his sons and daughters embraced in his incredible presence. So, Father God, help us see what you have done and the Spirit keep revealing to us what you've done, who we are and where we sit. Because it's amazing and we need more and more of this deep assurance of your love that you'll never change your mind about us because you never have. And any belief that's contrary to that does not come from you, comes from Mm -hmm. the enemy. So God, I pray you would remove from us any sense of doubt or anxiety. Amen. Thank you for listening. Find us on Instagram, Facebook, or search Hope Church Glasgow on your favourite podcast player.